Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. It's the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This is Andy J. Miller, and uh, I'm an illustrator, and I'm sat here with my, well, I'm stood up, rather, with my coffee. Uh, It's early morning. It's about 5.30 in the morning, Um, and I'm thinking about creative stuff, and, um, you know, I uh, I thought about I've been thinking about um, uh, how like what what what's the real goal or um, what are we trying to do as creative people and uh, you know I was listening to a talk recently and there was there was nothing inherently wrong with the talk. Um, actually there was a lot of stuff that I liked, but I realized that, uh, that it wasn't doing it. (laughs) It wasn't doing it for me. And, uh, I hate to be so critical, but you know, it got me thinking about what was I actually hoping for out of listening to this talk? Like what was I, um, yeah, what, what was my goal as an audience listening um, what was I hoping to hear? And uh started thinking about my new favorite word, um, which is, <laughs> this is pretty uh, hyped, pretty over the top, but I, it, it really like hits to the core of, uh, um, of, of what I'm talking about. And so today's episode, oh, the, the word rather, is transcendence. Um, which sounds very spiritual and serious, but uh, the idea of today's t- uh, creative pep talk podcast is that when you're going to do your art, that you're not shooting to be good at making. You don't want to make an image that's good. Or you don't want to make a piece that's good. You're trying to make something that's transcendent. And I'm going to use that word lightly. So um, I don't mean something that um, does magic necessarily. I get, But at the same time, I guess I do a little bit. You know? I think, um, I think for so many of us, what we want to consume is 
media that has that transcendent quality. But what we want to create is work that's passable. That, like, this work could pass as a good kid's book. Or this work could pass as a good logo. This could be, you know, this could get me into the club. And I think about that mentality sounds like more like how you be part of a club than how you... Um, shine or you make something um, fantastic and you know it started to dawn on me that this is in my consumption what I'm always looking for you know it's like nobody wants to listen to music that is passable like that's a passable electronic track or that's a passable ballad like you're, the the music that you're searching for is the stuff that creates a moment with you that goes beyond your experience of listening to a song. This year, um, one of my favorite albums have been this uh, this album Benji by Sun Kill Moon, and uh, every time. I put that album on. I can't even just put it on casually because I have to save it for when I want to be, you know, blown away. When I put that album on, time kind of stops and uh, I get emotional and it's, it's a very intense experience. And I just, I think... Um, You know, I think about what is this? What does this actually mean? Like, what am I actually telling you? Um, well, I'm saying that thinking about the work that you do and shooting higher um, and keeping not in don't keep in mind the side of being a creative. But think about how how it's going to be received. And then I also think that this affects the way that you approach um, the type of work that you make. You know, I think, um, did anybody ever make any transcendent work thinking they were going to dabble in something? I think that is... Uh, you know, I think that in order to make something that that transcends uh, a, a moment or a genre, you know, to make an image that stops someone someone in their track. Um, you know, I recently ran into uh, an image uh, that was, I think, for the Society of Illustrators contest, and it made me stop. And it did things to me that most illustrations never have done. And I think that, that's the goal. The goal isn't just to get the job. The goal isn't just to be part of the club. The goal is, you know, when I listen to a talk, I don't want to be like, yeah, that was sufficient amount of information. I want there to be something in me. I want it to hit me in such a way that it t- 
takes regular life and it sets it apart and and you rise above regular that's what i think good art does good art is it took you out of the mundane of life and even i believe a logo can do that there've been times when i've seen a logo that is just so beautiful and unexpected you know i think um I'm a big, uh, like, science fan, uh, and I love listening to uh, astrophysicists and quantum physicists, and um, I love uh, Michio Kaku. Uh, He's kind of a famous, popular uh, quantum physicist, and he he said something that I thought was so... Uh, interesting, but it totally affects art, and, and it wasn't about art, it was about people. And he was saying that um, he was trying to, you know, f- I guess physicists have like, I don't know, they seem to think about a lot of really strange things. One of them is, what makes it different to be a human than any other animal, if there is any differences? And, uh, I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, AnnieJPizza.com if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. He said that the main difference with the type of being that we are to the type of being that other most other animals are is that there's all the other animals are forever stuck in the present for the most part they do instinctual things that prepare them for the future but they're stuck in that in the moment of the present 
And the thing that sets humans apart is that we think about the future. We don't just prepare for it. We think, we think about it. And we think about not how our time just exists in this moment. We think about past and present. And everything about being a human is linked to this behavior. And then he pointed to um, comedy and that jokes, so all of these things are just an extra, everything that we do is an exercise in expectation because that's the human uh, quality. And he said that if you look at comedy, that's just a um, comedy What at its core. What it really is, is messing with your expectations because what humans do, they don't, they don't just think of what's happening now. They are in tune with what's going to happen later. And so when someone tells you a joke, essentially what's happening is they say, I'm going to tell you this and it's going to make you think that you know what I'm going to say next, but then I'm going to say something that totally catches you off guard and that's going to make you laugh because because the way that, that humans interact with the world. And um, thinking about this, he, he also mentioned, I think, music is that, you know, I think when a pop music formula becomes too expected, um, it's kind of like when you listen to a song too many times, there's no surprise left. There's, no, there's nothing left to take you out of the moment that you're in. Because you've been in that moment too many times. It's too expected. And you know, I think that with pop music, the, the music that seems to be transcendent or to, to hit um, the most amount of people um, are the ones that take your expectations and do something unexpected with them. And when you have that moment, you know, um, where something hits you really strong and you have that emotional, visceral response, that, that's the transcendent quality that music or that art um, is all about. So, what do you do with that? <laughs> do you just... I think I could be tempted to just say, well, if that's the case... I'm I'm done because how could I possibly make anything transcendent? Well, the main thing I think is the takeaway is that if it if transcendence is what you're going for, and if you can't if you can't hit that, then it's re- there isn't really if you if you can't make something that rises above average, that rises above um, when someone views it. It doesn't just, they don't just think, oh, it's adequate. If you can't, to rise above that stuff, you really have to get good. And how do you get good? You get good by practice, by playing, by experimenting, by uh, pouring into one or two things. Um, and putting your resources and your time and your energy into these things. Not trying to do everything. I think that's a big thing. Is like I think when we think, oh, I'll dabble in that, I'll dabble in this, I think it's like because we think that being adequate is worthwhile. You could, and I think that you see, um, I think, it, you know, if you look at editorial, you might look at, 
50% of the people that you see doing editorial and think, I could do that. But rarely are the ones that are making that transcendent work, the one that's going to actually be remembered, the one that you could build a career off of. Rarely could you say that about those pieces, like I could do that. How come when so many people think about I could do that, they're always comparing themselves to the people that suck somehow that manage to get in the industry, that manage, you know, it's like I've heard people talk about terrible pop songs and say, I could do that. Well, yeah, okay, you could do that, but how long is that musician going to be around for? Like, how, how, how worthwhile is that pursuit anyway? So it's, I think the, the, whole, the whole point of this is, how do you align your consumer experience of art with your creative experience of art and say, the standards that I judge others by, I want to judge my own work. And I think that that hopefully will uh, help you or, or, or help me uh, elevate what I, when I'm going into work, when I'm going into my, my making stuff, elevate what I'm trying to do. I'm not just trying to make something adequate. Um, so I have a... Uh, kind of an analogy, you know, I loved uh, The Matrix, the first movie. It was, um, I was a, I'm a major fan of that movie. And um, I always thought, you know, when you see them, the, the, you have these uh, people fighting the agents, and they're doing this intense fighting, and it seems like Everybody seems to get a good hit on an agent, and uh, all the all the people that are they're fighting against the the Matrix, they all seem to get you know a good punch or hit um, like onto the onto the agents, even though the agents seem to have the upper hand. And I always kind of thought like when you're watching it originally, you're thinking like, are they really not being able to? Could they really not kind of? Um, beat these agents, like if they just kind of worked hard enough, uh, and you see just over and over that, that the agents maybe aren't even expelling their whole, um, their whole kind of power against any, in, in any of these fights. And I think that, um, it's that moment in the movie where you have that resurrection moment where, uh, Keanu Reeves, Neo gets shot um, and dies, but then he comes back to life, and now he can see all the code in the Matrix, and he tears the agents apart. And it's that kind of transcendent moment. And it's like all the other fighters are some of the best fighters in the world, but Neo goes beyond that to the next level, and it's just the same in the uh, the uh, the Lego Movie, which I think they're kind of playing on that um, when Emmett comes back from the real world and back into Lego World, and he's he's doing this, he's having this transcendent moment, and I think of it like that. I think of it like you can make all this adequate work. But it's never going to result 
in something spectacular and your audience being um, blown away. And until they're blown away with what you're doing, um, you're really not set apart as, uh, uh, at least for me, it's that that's the type of career that I want to have. I want to have that career where when people read my books, my kids' books, it's not just like reading, oh, that was okay, or that was, that was good or bad or whatever, but they forget that they were reading, that they were, that it created a moment that they can look back on and think that was a specific moment. Um, that wasn't just a, an adequate everyday experience. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that affects what you do. I don't know how it affects what I do, but it's something that, um, that I'm pondering and I'm thinking about and I'm trying to, uh, trying to, uh, shoot for, I think maybe it's just a, um, a raising of the goal on thinking about, um, just trying to shoot for higher levels. Well, uh, I really appreciate everybody that's been listening and all the personal notes that I've got. Um, they've been extremely meaningful for me. Um, you know, this, this experience, even though I really love doing it, it's a, like I've said before on the podcast, it's a vulnerable experience. Um, and it's something that, uh, that's not super easy to do always, not always easy to put out there. Um, so I really appreciate all the notes and all the reviews on iTunes. It's been really awesome. Um, and then if you guys have ideas for shows, um, sometimes I, I like to do a show that's just fresh off of an experience of mine. And then sometimes, um, you know, I get a suggestion and it just, and it kind of strikes me a certain way. So send in, send in your suggestions, um, via Twitter. Um, you can find me on there by searching Andy J. Miller. Um, yeah. Thanks for your guys' time. I hope this has uh, pumped you up for the day.